Welcome to A Clinical Breath, respiratory insights from industry leaders. A Clinical Breath provides the community with the latest respiratory developments, trends, and expertise, all aimed at improving patient outcomes. Today's episode is brought to you by Monahan Medical Corporation. Monahan means it matters. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Opinions are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Monaghan Medical Corporation. Thank you for joining us today for a Clinical Breath, Respiratory Care Insights from Industry Leaders. Joining us today is Dr. Michael Bowman, and we're going to talk today about optimizing control of asthma in the schools. Great. Dr. Bowman, let me start off by asking the most obvious question, but something (laughs) probably not so obvious. When you look at the time that a child spends in school, as opposed to when they're sleeping and with their parents, probably 50% of their waking hours are spent in school. Yes. Are there any opportunities there in terms of challenges, what we can do in terms of better asthma control? I think the the school, schools are an untapped source or in a not yet fully utilized source of expertise to assess youngsters, to uh, make changes in their their care, uh, to communicate to the parents, uh, to communicate to the uh, prescriber. There are lots of opportunities, but unfortunately, um, teachers and school nurses have a whole lot of other things on their plates. And so uh, when they're worrying about the paperwork necessary for all their uh, conferences and Mm -hmm. ADHD and a whole lot of other things, um, that can be a challenge in terms of getting uh, asthma up on their radar. So one of our goals is to try to educate school nurses and help them be team leaders mm-hmm. for their school to have a commitment uh, to make, make asthma care better. Even though the children are spending their time in school, there is adult supervision. Yes, It's not just the definitely. nurse. As you mentioned, you have the teachers, and you also have the, uh, the, the, instruct- the lay instructors and the co-teachers. Yes. So it's a matter of changing the perception of what their role might be. And I know you said that's hard because of other duties, but... Yeah. How do we start? What's the best possible way to start to get this thing off center? One of the things that we've done for the last several years has been to try to um, offer uh, programs specifically for school nurses that they can learn about asthma in an hour and a half after we Mm -hmm. go to different places around the state. And we offer school nurse training for free for which they get uh, CEUs, they get continuing education. And one of the, it's not just uh, me talking about asthma, uh, but also uh, asthma educators talking hands-on mm-hmm. about device use usage so that they really understand what the differences are between the various devices, how to use a spacer, that sort of thing. My experience, at least with our PTA, it's all about fundraising, but it seems to me that PTA is another untapped source because these are the people that have the most involvement, the parents. Yes. But yet I think they don't see that as part of their mission. So that might be another option. Have you seen any activation of PTAs to I have, kind of I, lead the parade? I have been to one uh, 7.30 in the morning PTA meeting talking about asthma and influenza, if I remember correctly, and uh, uh, actually got one of our residents 
from our training program to go with me because I think that it's important to get uh, medical students and residents to realize that they have an opportunity and in many ways an obligation to reach out to the community to be effective in trying to, to reach them. But I've been to a batch of health fairs, also tried to support uh, principals, trying to, to get the concept across that it is a whole uh, school effort. Mm -hmm. It has to be a priority because mm -hmm. if you let the school buses idle on school property right by the pickup zone, you're going to have a whole lot of kids with problems. And so uh, in South Carolina where I work, we have a um, uh, state regulation that school buses can't idle on school property. Uh, but we have a volunteer program that uh, private uh, vehicles should not be idling on school property either because people don't realize how important it is to avoid uh, inhalants. Sure. Um, people recognize that in the inner city, a whole lot of freeways drive right through the middle of the inner city, close mm -hmm. to schools and such. Mm -hmm. And that is an ongoing problem. The, the uh, emissions uh, totals are horrible in many inner city schools. But it can be horrible right where the kids are waiting for the bus mm -hmm. uh, sure. at a school. Sure. And so those sorts of things require the principal as well as the nurse and the faculty and the school board to play a role in that. What's been your experience uh, going up the ladder from the school to the school district to the school board? I mean, it seems to me that would be one great opportunity for multiple sites within that district. I have worked with the director of nursing for our local uh, school uh, district, and that covers 80 schools or something like that. One of the problems is that school nurses are, are an endangered species. Right. Uh, I recently learned that in North Carolina, the state standard is one nurse for four schools. And in a rotating nurse, yeah, that that they go, uh, they during the week they go to four schools, and unfortunately, lung, lungs are dumb. They don't know uh, <laughs> right. how to read a calendar, sure. and so they have the nerve to flare up on Wednesday when the school the nurse was there on Tuesday. Mm. So it winds up being a real problem for hard enough to get the school nurses to be accomplished and confident in dealing with asthma, but they need to teach their um, um, faculty mm -hmm. and they need to teach whoever covers for them when they're not there. Mm -hmm. And that is a, a major issue because it's viewed as, well, if they're in problems, we'll just send them to the ER. Sure. Is there data collected in, on each individual school about the incidence of an asthmatic attack or an asthma out of control that would actually shed light on the problem and allow you more evidence to kind of drill down on the training and the education of the staff? I expect that goes state by state. In our state, currently, the nurses don't um, keep track of the causes of absenteeism. And so we do not know in our state how many school days are lost due to asthma. And I don't actually know for sure where the estimate that asthma causes a total of 14 million school days lost in the U.S. each year. I don't know exactly where that comes from because I know in the school districts throughout our state that I've dealt with, mm -hmm. they know a child has asthma, they may know that they had to call the paramedics, and they kind of assume that when that child is out the next two days, it's because of asthma, but they don't keep comprehensive 
records. So there's about two that. issues here. There's the asthmatic who actually has a problem on site, which is yes. visible to everybody. Right. And then there are the kids who don't show up because they don't tell what the illness is. They're Johnny's just sick today. Right. And that whole population might be asymptomatic most of the time, but right. yet they still have asthma. Yes, and it may be that the parent woke up late or was out the night before and didn't feel like getting their child to school, and they just say, oh, he's got asthma, and that's why he wasn't there that day. Because uh, I think most districts make it either two or three days of absence before you need to get a doctor's note. And so someone who carries the diagnosis of asthma, that can be a uh, uh, an excuse, so to speak. How do you... Uh, Educate your kids, your asthmatic patients, I should say, uh, in terms of dealing with the, I don't want to say ridicule, but you know, kids can be pretty mean to one another. But yet, once you understand that just as asthma, but it's okay, yes. they tend to be accepted. So yes. it's, a, it's a nice idea, but sometimes it's hard to implement. I've tried very hard to, I've worked with a lot of schools and in our, in Charleston, uh, South Carolina, where we have a very effective program that is spreading way throughout our state and beyond um, called Docs Adopt. And that has a linkage of a doctor of a whole variety of types uh, with each school with the idea that there is a particular doctor who is not a caregiver, but is on the wellness committee who's affiliated with that school. Uh, the wellness committee. Exactly. Linking wellness to control of yes. asthma, not sickness. Yes. Right, exactly. And so it was started with a focus on nutrition and anti-obesity, but it is spread beyond that. Mm -hmm. But that has been a way of trying to get uh, um, folks in the schools used to having a doctor around mm -hmm. and a For health, and to, health promotion and yes, wellness, right? Exactly. As opposed to the so, concept that I only go to a doctor when I'm sick or right. there's a stigma attached to being right. sick. One of the things that uh, folks would, the schools could get credit for, so to speak, in this program is if they get rid of the, the fryer in the kitchen, um, they get some points that help them at the end of the year. Uh, if they have a garden, if they uh, have more activity, if they have increased activity time for the kids, mm -hmm. if they have a breastfeeding room for the faculty, mm -hmm. all kinds of things that go into that, uh, it's, it winds up being helpful. But I use that for asthma uh, involvement and uh, went to uh, health fairs. And uh, one of the things that's not recognized, you talked about the other kids and their view, I think that asthma education is important for the whole school body, um, those who have asthma and those who don't. And I think or who it's, might not know they have asthma. Exactly. That's another value that we should get back to. But um, asthma art is something that's not appreciated very much. And I think that, that kids have a remarkable way of being able to uh, express themselves through what they draw. Mm-hmm. We had an asthma day with the River Dogs. Um, the River Dogs are the, the Class A minor league team in our town. It's a baseball, minor baseball, league baseball minor team. League sure. team. Mm -hmm. And um, we had the kids, from, the kids with asthma from three inner city schools go over for a morning uh, so that they could meet the trainer. They could see the third baseman who has asthma, and they could get a device training program and a whole batch of things. Anyway, one of the youngsters, one of the stations was draw what asthma means to you. And one youngster drew an oval 
with a whole batch of stick figures at the top and two stick figures down at the bottom. And the message was, when I have my asthma flare, I can't keep up with my friends. Mm -hmm. And the friends were the bunch sure, way top, ahead right, yeah. of this the patient. Um, so I think that there are ways to get kids to kind of express what's what's going on. You know, it's interesting you mentioned about the physician coming in as a promoter of health and wellness and good nutrition and exercise. I think uh, fire departments come in every once in a while to do their checks. You mentioned the fryer in the kitchen. Yes. And uh, I imagine the diesel uh, excess. I'm sure that would be another resource to kind of point out areas that might not be obvious to the people in the school administration. Yes, very definitely. One, it's interesting, um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, and probably a few other places, I think maybe Dallas, um, utilizes first responders as asthma educators in the community. The uh, f fire personnel like to go out into their own, their communities mm -hmm. um, without uh, tragedy at the other end of the right. interaction. Right, They're preemptive. Known, exactly, yes. yeah. and so they turn out to be extremely effective communicators about asthma and what's expected. And when you take uh, a, an experienced uh, first responder, hopefully in a, in a big fire truck and, and wearing the garb, they get everybody's attention at yes, school. Right. And so... And that's I really think, not intimidating to the children. There's no. usually their heroes. They exactly. want to be when they grow right. up. You know? And so I think that's an underused uh, uh, area or program. But I know it exists in, in Milwaukee and has for several years. And I'm sure there are other ones around. Sure. I think, again, those first responders, it's like an anesthesiologist. You wait around 99% of the times you're bored than 1% pure panic. Yes. And they are great resources when they're not responding to a panic to be able to promote good health yes. that will not require a 911 call. Right, exactly. And their message is, I don't want to see you That's right. when I'm yep. manning the ambulance. Yep. Yes. I, if you take your medicine, if you go to the, emergent, to the uh, pharmacy mm -hmm. and so forth, it can happen. And I know this guy in my group who, in my unit, who has asthma and oh, he can yeah. get into mm. smoky settings all the time, but he controls Just like the asthma. third baseman yes, with asthma. Exactly. Or the Michael Phelps, the yes, swimmer with asthma. Exactly. Sure. So I think trying to let kids know who they might idolize uh, who has asthma and they still do whatever it is the child No values. limitations, that's exactly. right. Exactly. Right. Okay. Well, thanks very much. Give us one final word about how we can make this a comprehensive package in the school. Where, where do we start? I think the, the biggest thing is to recognize that it's so important because mm -hmm. their asthma, I think, gets forgotten in all of the behavioral issues that are present and, right. and yes. uh, mm -hmm. all the formsmanship that nurses and teachers have to do. And so I think that trying to, to realize that we want the, the patients with asthma to be kids with asthma. They are normal kids sure. who happen to have asthma, not asthmatics, where out of control asthma drives their whole existence and their being at school. But I think schools are an untapped resource or a not, not sufficiently tapped right. resource for information and action mm -hmm. to make things better for the well, kids. Well, the good news from what the statistics tell us is that the death from asthma has gone down 
Yes. But I believe that you said earlier the incidence of asthma has gone up significantly. Yes, it has gone up. And issues with respect to ethnic background, where you live, where your school is located. Is it an old one that's been through many hurricanes? Sure. Do, have, has it been 20 years since they got new gym mats? Do they still have... Uh, um, insecticides being sprayed around the room or gardening outside when the kids are there. We talked about the exhaust exposure. Sure. All of those things play a role. There's a big role for respiratory therapists who want to get involved in this oh, and for definitely. school nurses. And Again, Dr. Bowman, thank you very much. You're and hopefully we'll have you back again. My pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. You've been listening to A Clinical Breath, respiratory insights from industry leaders. Brought to you by Monaghan Medical Corporation. Monaghan means it matters. Thanks for listening and tune in again for more respiratory-related topics.